Hey guys, welcome along to Hellmouth Hotline. I'm your host, Rodney Stewart. And uh, we're getting into Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Season 2, once again, this episode is called Phases. Now, throughout the run of each season of Buffy, there's there's one big overarching storyline of each season. But every once in a while you break off for a little kind of standalone episode. And sometimes, you know... Whenever you realise you've come across one of these sort of standalones and you're really, really interested in the bigger picture year, you're sort of tempted to kind of skip over it and go to the next episode. But don't do it with this one. This one was actually a heck of a lot more enjoyable than I thought. And even in saying that, there's usually something that happens throughout these episodes that will tie to the bigger picture of the season. But anyway, uh, before we get into the bulk of the episode, once again... I'm trying to push my website as much as I can and uh, go over and check that out. Uh, there's a lot of stuff there. If you're interested in podcasts or YouTube videos, you know, reviews and vlogs, that sort of thing. Indie film, even. There's, what, six indie projects there that you can kind of see the evolution of me as a completely 100% self-taught filmmaker. From the first one to the last one, there's a huge difference uh so go check it out there's a few other things there that may be of interest but uh you know there's nothing you know if you if you're not interested in it but that's okay too there's nothing that uh i'm really really dying to get uh uh big eyes on at the minute i'm just i'm taking it as it comes and enjoying the process of doing the stuff that I enjoy doing, so let's get into this episode. Alright legends, this is Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 2, Episode 15, entitled Phases, and in this one there is a werewolf attacking Sunnydale, and we discover, you know, everybody thinks the general idea of the werewolf, that it only appears in the full moon, which is accurate enough, but uh, everybody thinks it's just the one night a month, but it's usually the night of the full moon and the two nights either side of the full moon, whenever the power's at its strongest. So there's three nights in the month that this uh, werewolf is going to be attacking Sunny Deal. So uh, the idea, you know, Giles and the Scooby Gang don't want to kill this werewolf because, you know, it might be. A hardcore killing machine three nights of the month but at the end of the day they're still a human being and, and they're in there so they're trying to not kill the wolf but capture it but there's another character turns up in this episode called Kane who is a werewolf hunter and he has discovered that there's huge money for werewolf pelts so uh, he's out killing these things three nights of the month and you know, stripping the the fur pelt off them before it transforms back to a human. You know, they're dead. The day is a werewolf. The pelt stays as is. So he's in there to be a pain on everybody's backside. But at the beginning of the episode, Cordelia, Cordelia, Xander, they're out on a date in the car, parked up, and uh, you know, doing their thing. They get attacked by it and uh, narrowly escape getting killed by it. Uh, during the high school gym class it's revealed that at least two students have been bitten 
always get bit by a cousin not a nip on his finger and uh, the school macho man Larry got bit by a dog and laughing just because of where the episode goes of this guy uh, that's hilarious and the way that's done um, they become increasingly suspicious of him throughout the episode him and the the big hard man but he's, he's running about with this uh, you know he's like the school bully but he's got this bandage on his arm and uh, you know they realise like he said himself like a bit by a dog so they just assume okay werewolf so there's a sequence in this episode and you know Larry has popped up a few times throughout the series as the macho man you know uh, in this episode he actually knocks a book out of a girl's hand and she bends over to the left and he's like whoa you know the real guy thing to do so uh, you know he's one of these school bully sort of characters and he's acting the real big guy at every opportunity you get to see him so Xander at one point actually tracks him down in the locker room Larry's just out of the shower and uh, Xander walks in and it's just the way Xander comes out with the line of it at the start I knew exactly where it was going but uh, um, he's like you know we need to talk you know I know your secret and you know pretty much I want to tell everybody sort of thing but you know uh, basically you're assuming that Larry is feeling insecure and threatened at this point he starts panicking because you know oh gosh someone has found out that I'm actually the werewolf and that doesn't turn out to be the case at all and Larry actually comes out as being gay to Xander in the locker room in this episode Xander didn't see it coming at all and Larry transforms from the hard man big guy act to the real you know like the weight of the world has been lifted off my shoulders and it's all down to you my friend and you know throughout the rest of the episode nobody else finds out about this and Xander has formed a a weird connection to Larry now in Larry's eyes because uh, in a previous episode as we do know in season 1 Xander had got possessed by the coyote if memory serves properly so referring to that and the exchange between him and Larry he says look I know what you're going through I went through the same thing sort of referring to his supernatural encounter with the coyote but uh, Larry automatically takes it as oh, Xander's gay too so you know I've got, I've got someone a connection here in the gay community it is absolutely fantastic and so funny and how they do it and you know that's the good thing about Buffy the Vampire Slayer they, they were tackling these sorts of storylines whenever it was you know back then it was still a bit of a taboo thing to cover you know not these days you know nobody's going to think twice about anybody coming out and, and telling people that they're, they're attracted to you know a man's attracted to a man or a woman's attracted to a woman I've got absolutely no problem with that at all I've got a few fairly cr- close friends who are openly gay so it's, it's all good in my book but it is in this episode it's absolutely hilarious 
at the way they do it and this Alexander's reaction and the situation he finds himself in absolutely brilliant uh, the next night would be the second night of the werewolf since the werewolf is humanly less than one foot be wrong to kill it this however is not the view of Cain he's out we've already covered that Buffy and Giles rush to the bronze where the werewolf crashes the party and Buffy tries to catch it with a chain but fails Cain turns up after it's gone again uh, joins them and points out that if if the werewolf kills anybody it's going to be Buffy's fault uh, a body does turn up the next morning Teresa one of the students Buffy's not the only one that has feelings of guilt over this Oz wakes up in the forest naked and confused after changing back from his wolf state recalling the bite he got he calls his aunt Maureen and bluntly asks if his cousin is a werewolf this is an absolutely hilarious part in this episode too because if you know the character of Oz in this series played by Seth Green he's a the guitarist and the rock band you know he's the he's not the high school dropout sort of a character you know he's, he's very very intelligent but he's, he's laid back takes life as it comes everything's just you know happy go lucky with him and he doesn't let himself get worked up too much over anything he's just the, the cool character in the series and the in this uh well he does kind of start panicking after he realizes he's, he's a werewolf but it's the it's the conversation it's the, the way he finds out about it you know whenever you see him changing back you're expecting him to go to the jails and the scooby gang and they start researching and working out everything that's happened and, and finding out that way but he remembers his cousin biting them and he he's on his house and he just and he lifts the phone causes that Maureen and he's just like uh, you know is uh, is he a, a werewolf by any chance and he's like oh so how long's that going on and that's that's the way the truth comes out in the episode it's that's the dry humour and the way that it was done absolutely fantastic um, Xander figures out we've already covered that there the whole uh, uh, confrontation in the locker room and uh, that's, that's absolutely brilliant the way that's done like I really did like we had a went down in this episode uh, back in the library Buffy suggests to Willow that she might have to make the forced move if she wants to speed things up with Oz you know he's playing the the cool character whenever it comes to romance and whatnot. Like he wants something to happen but he doesn't want to push things either uh, Buffy realises that the reports of Teresa's body did not, not mention any mauling all the, the dead people that have turned up from the, the werewolf attacks have been absolutely ripped to shreds and they go to the morgue and she looks fine she's in her coffin well I want to say fine the, the girl's dead she's not fine obviously but uh, she's not mauled and she's got this uh, choker around her neck and Buffy moves it and it's uh, you know it's a vampire bite that killed her we do know this the viewer haven't been watching the episode we see her running on Daniel so we know that he is actually the one that kills her and uh, in the morgue while Buffy 
uh, is checking out the corpse and sees the, the vampire teeth marks on her throat. Uh, she goes to sign the little book of memorial for Teresa, uh, along with Xander. And uh, the next thing, Teresa jumps up out of the, the coffin. She's actually been turned to a vampire and almost gets the the upper hand on Buffy. And uh, if Xander wasn't there, there was a very high possibility that Teresa could have possibly killed her in this one because she completely catches Buffy off guard whenever she says Angel sends his greetings and uh, Buffy is completely taken aback and Teresa could have used us to her advantage to go on for the kill but uh, Xander comes from behind and stakes her and uh, you know she is uh, just an, another stark reminder that Angel slash Angelus definitely does have the upper hand in this season when it comes to the two of them. Uh, Kane busies himself making silver bullets for the hunt. Willow visits Oz right before the sundown. Oz is about to change himself up. Change himself up. Chain himself up. For you know, he's the, you know, He knows he's a werewolf now so he thinks okay I'll get myself chained up. And if I can't leave the house I can't hurt anyone. But Willow Let uh, gets into the house. Her rant about the, the mixed signals he's sending is interrupted by him changing into a werewolf. So she flees the house, screaming. Oz chases her down. Kane hears the wolf cry, joins the hunt. Uh, the werewolf is distracted by a scent which Kane has set as a trap. Willow escapes, then finds Giles and Buffy who are about to start the hunt. And uh, lets him know, okay, right, we're in trouble here. Uh, the werewolf is actually Oz. What the hell are we going to do? Let's go get him before he kills someone or gets killed himself. So uh, off they go with uh, a tranquilizer gun. And uh, everybody meets up in a clearing in the forest. Uh, Kane trying to kill the werewolf. Uh, Buffy, Giles and Willow trying to tranquilize the wolf and beat Kane at the same time. And in the scuffle, it is Willow who shoots Oz, saving everybody. Uh, Buffy, being uh, put down by Cain in every encounter they have in this episode, you know, he's like, oh, you're just a little girl, you know, what can you do, sort of a, a deal. And he's forever giving them jabs about, you know, Horn Giles hanging out, and he's like, you know, an older man, younger woman, sort of a thing. He's just one of these guys, he's just an asshole. Uh, but uh, he's starting to give her some abuse again at the end of the episode. Buffy has his gun and she bends the gun barrel with her bare hands with this layer of strength and tells him to get out of Sunnydale. Um, and the school next morning, Oz and Willow finally do share their first kiss. You know, she does initiate it. Uh, she goes on there, but it's, it's a tender moment between the two of them. Uh, it's a great, great little episode, but again, as I said at the very beginning, you know, sometimes you tend to, when you realise it isn't a bigger picture episode, it's just one of these sort of standalone things, you can be tempted to jump over it and go to the next one, but definitely don't. And the Buffy the Vampire, uh, like season one and the season up to this point, there's been a couple of episodes throughout those two seasons where, you know, you're thinking... There's not a lot that's going to happen in this episode. It's going to change things up a little bit. But, you know, in this one, you had the 
The Killing of Teresa and the Changing Over to a Vampire by Angel. It's uh, just something that happens fairly swiftly within the episode, but it does reinforce the situation that they're they're you know facing in the bigger picture throughout this season. And uh, just to skip back to season one, there was that episode called The Pack, which was one of these ones that again you could have jumped over, but uh, the the principal of the high school was murdered in that episode. So if you didn't catch that. You know, the rest of the season, you know, maybe it wouldn't have bothered you that much, but if you're a completist, you know, that's one of these things you need to know. But anyway, that was a bit of a tangent, but uh, it's a great little episode. This is probably, you know, reaching back into my memory. I have said before, I've seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer uh, from start to finish a couple of times now. But literally, it has got to the stage now where it's been that long since I checked it out. It is, you know, this episode came out in 1998. We're now in 2021. You know, it's that's quite a while ago that this season or this series began. And uh, you know, there's bits and pieces that I remember. There's bits and pieces that I'm not remembering. And you know, it's like I'm almost watching it with fresh eyes at this point really really enjoying it and uh, i think season two from memory for me is probably uh, the strongest out of all the seasons but i think that's mainly because of the angelus character i i really did uh take to that character probably more than any of the other characters and uh, buffy the vampire's there because he's it's just one of these characters that's got such an interesting backstory and you know uh, one of these tormented souls and you know I kind of you know really do uh, like those sort of characters so it's all good anyway that's going to do it for this episode guys hope you enjoyed it and again just before we go jump over check out coinsagemedia.com uh, I know it's really weird that the the website isn't often like the the names of the podcasts or anything. I can't recall if I've actually set up connections to Hellmouth Hotline, but uh, I might have actually done so. Maybe even if you check out hellmouthhotline.com, that might actually take you to the website as well. So anyway, that's going to do it for this one. I'll talk to you again tomorrow for some more Hammer House of Horror. This has been a production of Coins Edge Media. Thank you so much for listening.